everybody. I want to welcome you back to Talking Softball with Coach B. Hard to believe that we're already into December, got through the Thanksgiving season, and now we're uh, getting ready for Christmas, which is fast approaching. And fall season's all but over, right? There may still be a couple of events in December, but for the most part, fall season is over. And here we are getting into our off season. Mother Nature, obviously, last month gave us a pretty cold snap, introduced us to winter a little bit early. You know, hopefully now we'll get a little bit better weather for a while and get a chance to really get some off-season workouts going and get our kids an opportunity to work on their skills and improve their skills. That's the key component this time of year is what am I doing to get better? What am I going to do to be better? If I'm an older player that's preparing for the high school season, what kind of work can I get done in a short period of time that's going to give me an opportunity to be better? For our younger players, obviously they have a longer window to get ready for their spring season, but we still want to make sure that player development is a priority for everybody in the organization. And I think development itself, player development, coach development, everything. So I want to talk a little bit about what I think should be happening as we move into this time of year. I'm going to start out just real quick talking about the fact that we all know this is going to be a fluid time. Players are going to be changing teams. Coaches may be moving their teams from organization to organization. You know, I'm not sure why that happens at the end of every season. I want to hit on that just a little bit. You know, I think it's really difficult to try to create consistency if we're always looking for the next best opportunity. I was talking with somebody the other day, and we were talking about the grass being greener on the other side of the fence. Well, sometimes the grass looks greener on the other side of the fence because we're standing on the grass on our side of the fence and we're trampling it down and not giving it a chance to grow. And I think that's a pretty good analogy because we see movement all the time. May it be between fall and spring or summer and fall, there always seems to be a lot of movement. And I always wonder why that movement happens. And most of it happens because people just think there's a better opportunity somewhere else. My response to that is, how is that opportunity going to be better for you? Because what did you do to make the opportunity where you were the best opportunity for you? How many times can we go find the next best thing? How many times can we go find the next best opportunity without really looking at it and saying, what have I done where I'm at currently to create the best opportunity? And I think that's the challenge in this, right? I've had this conversation a number of times. Um, the problems you have where you are are going to still be the same problems where you go unless you address the problems. And I think that makes a lot of sense also. Hear from coaches that, that want to leave our organization. They say, well, you just haven't done anything for us. Okay, what did you want me to do? What did you ask me to do? And what kind of communication have we had to meet the needs that you felt like 
I was supposed to provide for you or the services I was supposed to provide. Because it's difficult, you know, talk about this a lot now in my role. Most of us that are directors of organizations also coach our teams, our, you know, our 18U national team or our top team in our organization. So not only do we have the responsibility for our team and those 16 to 20 players that play for us, but we're expected to be able to meet the needs and cover everything for the other teams in our organization. And for me and my role, that's 55 teams in four states. And I know there's other organizations out there that are a lot bigger than us. And I don't know how they try to do that. I don't know how they really try to meet the needs of everybody. Because sometimes meeting those needs is the responsibility of those people directly involved with that team within the organization. So I think that's critical. And I think coaches have to really analyze that and say, what have I done to meet the needs for my team? What have I done to meet the expectations put on my team by the organization? I think that's key because I think sometimes people forget that they are a part of an organization. You know, and I try to tell people in our organization, we're a group. We are not an accumulation of teams, but inevitably it always feels like that's what we become is just an accumulation of teams. We have teams here, we have teams there, and we never really find a way to come together. So I know this off season, and as I'm preparing for the start of 2023, one of my challenges is, to myself is figuring out a model or a way that we can truly bring it together and get everybody engaged in what we do as an organization and get away from this team over here only worrying about these 15 players or this team here only worrying about this group of 12 to 14 players and really understanding what being a part of something bigger means. And I think that's the challenge going into the offseason. You know, I mentioned it when I started today. This is our offseason for development. Well, not only is that skill development for our players, but it's also development for our organization, development for our coaches. What can we all do to make it a better situation? What can we all do to make things more efficient and get people to understand how we meet those needs. Because I'm gonna be honest, as the director of an organization, I sometimes feel like everybody expects me to have every answer. Everybody expects me to figure out what everyone's needs are and meet those needs. And that's difficult, that's really difficult. I spend a lot of my time trying to figure out how to meet the needs of the 18 players that play for me. I've got players that we're still trying to get recruited. We have players that are committed, that we're trying to make sure we have them on a good path for development so that they can be ready when they get to college. And on top of that, we're trying to put this group together and be the best team we can be going into our next season. We had a solid fall season. I'm excited about what we did this fall. We have a great group of players, but I know we have to be better next summer. And I know we get limited opportunities 
to work on those things, so we have to take advantage of the time we get. So that's that to me, that's key, you know. There's always a lot of movement right now, but my challenge to players and their families that are looking is, are you really truly going to get your needs met better somewhere else, or do you need to just do a better job of meeting your needs where you are? And I think that same challenge goes out to teams that are looking to make moves. I, you know, I can't speak for everyone on why those moves are made, but I know it just seems like every season there's more and more moves. So I think we have to be mindful of what our plan is going into that. So let's talk about development. Let's talk about how we actually are going to approach this offseason. I know one of the things I'm going to do with our group is I'm going to present a not a questionnaire or maybe a survey, whatever term you want to use, I'm going to present something to them and try to get responses from them. I want them to evaluate where they were this fall. I want them to evaluate where they feel like they are now and where they want to be at the start of their next season. And I think sometimes we have to be real careful about goal setting, and that's kind of what I'm talking about today is do you have goals for the offseason? Do you have a plan to truly take advantage of the time you have to get better? But I think we have to be careful about that because sometimes we create our goals too far out. And we start talking about three-year goals and five-year goals. And What do you want to be when you grow up? Well, let's not worry about what you want to be when you grow up. Let's worry about what you want to be right now. Let's worry about who you want to be. And I think it starts with players being able to do an assessment of where they're at, an honest assessment. And some of the things we're going to talk about in that assessment are going to be, you know, where do you see your skill set right now? See your offensive skill set. Where do you see your defensive skill set? Okay, if you're a pitcher, what's your skill set right now? You know, I think it's I think it's important that we have the ability to self-evaluate. We shouldn't always rely on someone else to tell us where we are or how good we are or how good we're not. I think sometimes we have to start taking that personal responsibility upon ourselves. So players, when you do an assessment of yourself, be honest with yourself. Where are you? Where were you when the fall started? Where are you now that the fall is over? And where do you want to be when your next season starts? Then we evaluate at the end of that next season. You know, or we do an assessment as the season starts and say, okay, this is where I am right now. But by midseason, I want to be here. And by the end of the season, I want to be here. Because I think sometimes we just don't spend enough time figuring out our plan and trying to determine what we're truly trying to get as an athlete, as a member of a team, and what our goals are. I think that we're starting to get back into a mindset, slowly getting away from the showcase mindset and understanding that we do play games that matter in travel ball and understanding that when you have a, a uniform on and when you're competing against someone else, success is important. 
We're not just there to play. We still have a lot of that. We still have a lot of players that aren't quite sure, you know, what it really means. You know, and I've talked about it time and time again. When you step in inside the gate, step in between the white lines, you have to become a player, have to become a superhero. I've talked about all of those things. And we cannot just exist. So when we're talking about our assessment and looking at our skills, that's only one part of it, right? That's only one part of it is our physical skills. Where's our mental game, right? How strong am I mentally? How do I handle success? How do I handle failure? You know, what are the things that I need to work on to be stronger mentally as an athlete, okay? I think that's critical because right now I don't think a lot of athletes are very strong mentally. I think they just exist mentally and we have all kinds of reasons for that, right? We have all kinds of reasons. We have COVID, we have, you know, this, that, everything else, but I just don't think they're mentally strong. You know, we played a couple of weeks ago at the gold cup and it was cold. I told our team before we even started playing, we're not going to say the C word today. We can't control that. We're out here playing. We're not going to worry about that. Put that behind you. Don't make that, don't make that an excuse for not being prepared to play. And we didn't. We had a great weekend. I was very proud of what our team did. But I think we have to continue to work on the mental game. And players, do your work. There are so much information now out there about the mental game that players can look at and research and use. And getting tired of people always expecting players, their parents, other coaches within the organization, everybody expecting me to give them stuff to do. All of the same information that I'm gathering and providing, they can gather and use on their own. So players, I challenge you. If you don't feel like your mental game is very good right now, do some work on it. Get online. Do some research. Find ways to develop your mental game. What kind of teammate are you? You know, what kind of cohesiveness did your team have this last season? And what was your role in that? Were you a leader? Were you a follower? Were you an influencer? Because I'm going to tell you something. Everybody's an influencer. Everybody's an influencer. It may not always be in the same direction, but everybody's an influencer. Everybody has the ability to influence someone else to do something positive or do something negative. Now, it's that person's choice whether they do that, but I see it a lot on teams now. You know, some players step up and try to lead. Other players get mad because those players are telling them what to do. And then you start to create this riff. And now all of a sudden you have influencers going in every direction. And you have that group that are followers and they're just following the influencers, whichever way they may go. Challenge for a team to be successful. I think one of the first things that coaches need to look at this off season is how do you bring your team together and how do you get them pointed in the same direction? How do you get your influencers working in the same direction? That's tough. But I think that starts with making sure that everybody in the organization or everybody on your team 
understands your plan. If players don't understand the plan and don't understand the direction set forth by the coach, they're just going to go on their own path to try to find direction. Plain and simple. So coaches, I'm sitting here talking about our players, skill set, mental game, what kind of teammate are you? Coaches, what's your skill set? Are you continuing to become the best at teaching the game that you can be? And are you doing everything to help promote a positive mental health for your players and you as a coach? And are you providing the direction or the plan that brings this team together and plays as one unit rather than 15 individuals? Because I made the comment earlier, I want my organization to be an accumulation of teams. I want it to be one group. Coaches, you do not want your team to be an accumulation of 15 players. You want it to be one group with one common goal. And then the last part of the offseason that I think is really critical is softball IQ. Knowing the game. Understanding the game, players, you know, we've talked about this before. Players, do you understand the game? Do you read the situations that you're in on defense or you're in on offense? Do you read the situations as a hitter, as a base runner, as a defender, as a pitcher? You know, we had a long conversation about that a couple weeks ago, so I'm not going to repeat a lot of that, but. I am going to say that the offseason is a critical, critical time for our players to work on their development of their skills, their mental game, their teammate skills, their softball IQ. Coaches, you have the same checklist. And how we bring those two checklists together is going to give our teams the best opportunity to be successful the next time they step out on the field. And coaches, it's great for you to have this plan. It's great for you to have this plan. But the challenge for you isn't developing a great plan. It's taking a great plan and getting this group of 12 to 15 to 18 players to buy into it, understand it, and work to achieve it. I think that becomes the critical part of, of what we're all trying to do right now. So I hit a couple, two, three different spots. It's it's that time of year. You know, uh, talked about teams that are looking to move or players looking to move and really evaluating why they're making that move or how that move's going to be better for them and then talked a little bit about what I think we need to do in the offseason. You know, this is a critical time. And you also got to work in some downtime. Got to work some time in to let your body recover. You want your body to get stronger, but you also want your body to recover. So we may not be playing games. We may not be traveling or getting out to the ballpark every weekend and playing games, and that's okay. I do think that we have to get time away from playing games. Sometimes I think we play too many games. But that does not mean that this period that we're in right now is just complete 
get away from the game. Don't think about it. Don't do anything. Don't pick your glove up again until the next time you take the field. Because if you do that, you're going to be behind all of the players, all of the coaches, everybody, all of the teams that are actually putting in quality work during the offseason. So my challenge to you is take advantage of it. Yes, enjoy the holidays. Enjoy your family time. Do everything you need to do. But then commit yourself and truly commit yourself to having a quality offseason so that the next time you and your teammates or coaches, you and your team, step out on the field, you're going to be better than you were the last game you played this fall. So that's my message today. I want to thank everybody for listening. You know, I truly enjoy this. And again, I want to encourage anyone who has ideas, thoughts, questions, please reach out to us. I'll try to address all of those as quickly as I can. And I hope everybody has a wonderful holiday season. It's a great time of the year. It's a great time for family. And I really want everyone to enjoy it. But then when it's time to get back to work, let's get back to work and do quality work, not just busy work. So have a great day.